Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Reclaimed Podcast. I'm your host, Whitney Elise, just a black girl out here trying to help everyone do better, including and especially herself. Uh, hey guys, welcome back to the show, or if you're new here, hi, hello, and welcome. I hope everybody's doing well, staying well, eating well, sleeping well, just being well overall. Um, so if you haven't noticed, uh, things probably sound a little different, and it's because I'm in a place that's a little bit different. I am currently traveling with my family. We are doing the what we call the Southern Tour, where we take a few weeks, we leave our home, and we go visit some phenomenal people, um, really great people uh, that we love and treasure and just love being around. And so things sound a little different. Things are going to sound a little different for the next few weeks. Um, and uh, yeah, I know some of you are yelling at me right now, like, Whitney, just take your vacation, just Go ahead and take your break. And I am. I promise you I am. I am relaxing. I am eating well. I am sleeping the best I can. I'm one of those weird people who can't sleep. Like if I'm not home, I don't sleep very well. At least not until like a few days in where I've like adjusted. So I'm still in the adjustment phase. And considering that we're like house hopping between, you know, one place. Like we were in South Carolina. Now we're currently in North Carolina. Um. I don't anticipate adjusting, (laughs) but that's okay. I'm okay with it. I'm just happy to be down here. Happy to be with so many, so many great people. Like, oh my gosh. And having my daughter just have this experience of just being surrounded. She's always surrounded by like family and, you know, folks that, you know, love her and appreciate her. But like, it's a whole, it's a whole different dynamic down this way. So I'm glad she's getting, you know, meeting people and experiencing people and having the people that we love show her love and it's a love fest down here love fest um so yeah that's that's what's going on with me oh thank you everyone speaking of love fest thank you for everyone who showed me lots of love and lots of support um for my latest piece on Shondaland I will include the link to that um and that actually has something to do with this week's episode. So before I talk about what that is, let me talk about last week's episode, which was Black and Proud, where I talked about a few of my LGBTQ plus fam who I just appreciate, who I just look up to, who have inspired me. Um, We're just dope individuals that are doing incredible things in the earth. And I just, I just appreciate being on this rock at the same time that they're here. Just phenomenal people. Um, I also included a link to a bunch of really great reads from the black LGBTQ community. So if you guys want to go and, you know, we like books around here. You guys want to go take a listen to that. Like I say, every week, there's one person who will never mind you binging (laughs) on the Reclaim podcast. And that is me. So go ahead and take a listen to that. This week, I wanted to, there's a lot of stuff going on. You know, between the the January 6th hearings, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of frenetic energy in politics um, currently happening uh, and a bunch of stuff that I really would normally talk about. But because Juneteenth is a week away, I wanted to take this time and set aside time to discuss Juneteenth exclusively, Freedom Days in general. 
I had the opportunity to speak with culinary, creative, producer, author of um, award-winning cookbooks, a James Beard-nominated author and writer, um, Nicole A. Taylor. Uh, I had a chance to speak with her for her latest book called Watermelon and Redbirds, and it's a whole book, it's a whole cookbook rather, it's the first cookbook that focuses exclusively on Juneteenth, but also on black celebrations overall. So if you were to read it you and you know you were learning things about Juneteenth, but you like some of the recipes and you wanted to cook them at different times in the year, I, by all means, <laughs> I think that she would agree with that as well. Um, we had a dynamic conversation and um, I recorded it um, with her knowledge, of course, because um, we're not creepy around here. Um, but yes, I recorded it and it was just such a rich conversation. And a lot of the things that we talked about didn't end up in the final piece. And while I appreciate, of course, always appreciate, you know, my publishers, my editors, the whole team, while I appreciate everybody on the team, I, there was so much that we couldn't fit in this one sit down read that I thought, you know what, let's share it on the podcast. So that's what this week's episode is about. That's what you're about to listen to. So the next voices you will hear is me and Nicole A. Taylor. By the way, just a note, there's going to be a difference in audio quality because of the recording. So if that bothers you, I totally understand it. Just let me know. Um, but otherwise, without further ado, here's our interview. Um, okay, so you, you wrote this beautiful book called Watermelon and Redbird. Um, I just, so I was perusing through it on Amazon because I'm like, oh my gosh, I need this. Um, I just wanted to ask you a few <laughs> questions. What is your relationship to the holiday of Juneteenth? Mm. I have been celebrating Juneteenth for more than a decade. Um, and that means gathering family or friends around my dining room table um, to kick back. Um, mm-hmm. I'm born and raised in the American South. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm born and raised in Athens, Georgia. And mm-hmm. um, really, my relationship to Juneteenth started because, obviously, I had already heard the word. I remember mm-hmm. hearing the word Juneteenth in college, but the first time I actually saw a Juneteenth uh, festival or event was outdoors at a pocket park in Fort Greene. Um, so that was um, probably about 11 years ago. I write about it in a cookbook in one of the head notes. And from mm-hmm. that moment on, I was like, um, <laughs> I have to make Juneteenth an annual thing for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that that event was a community event. There were there was a stage, and um, kids were performing, and very traditional thing that you see when it's you know the summertime, and mm-hmm. um, your outdoor festivities. But what what the key, or the thing I remember the most is a young black boy riding uh, a pony. There was a mm. man dressed in in. Uh, cowboy gear and they had a small pony and the kids were just riding around and they were just so free and just so full of joy and Mm. that right there was like the key of like okay this is Juneteenth um a a holiday rooted in Texas uh a holiday that was really born in Texas but yeah that's Mm -hmm. that's my Juneteenth origin story I 
I love that. I love that. Oh, that's that's beautiful. Um, so the holiday became federally recognized last year, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. Why do you think? Why do you think that this cookbook was needed? Yeah, it's funny. Um, I started working on this cookbook in earnest around 2018, 2019, mm. and I wasn't fully convinced um, that, A, number one, that my agent could sell this without <laughs> it having to explain the publishers why it was needed, mm-hmm. And but I pressed forward, and then obviously the winter of 2020 COVID came along and Mm -hmm. I was laid off from a job and I was like, okay, I have this Juneteenth uh, cookbook proposal. Let me just dive in and work on it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, sure. I I knew that um, my storytelling and I was great and the recipes would be awesome, but Mm -hmm. I still was like, unsure you know like if I could really sell this book you know mm-hmm. but you know the summer of 2020 the murder of George yeah. Floyd for me just it changed everything mm-hmm. um all of the sorrow all of the anger the outrage mm-hmm just mm-hmm. did something to me and not only to me to so many black Americans to all mm-hmm. Americans Mm-hmm. And it was around that moment that I knew that black people, that all people, but particularly black people, needed joy and they needed celebration. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of the story of black Americans. Like, mm-hmm. there's always this juxtaposition of, like, there's all this sadness and uh, outrage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but in the midst of that, we always hold space for each other. And, you know, through food, through dance, through yes. uh, through music, and through clothes. So, really, I, I knew at that moment, like, yeah, I need to do this Juneteenth book. I want to I wanna be a bright light. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that was the moment that I knew for sure. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, okay. So, you had over 75 different recipes in this book. Um, and, like I said, mine is already in my cart. Um, because I'm like, you know, this is actually my first time being able to celebrate the holiday. Um, and I'm a, I'm a brand new mom. Like my kid is 18 Uh months and I'm like, okay, we're, we're intentionally crafting what her childhood is going to Mm -hmm. look like in our home. And so I'm like, Juneteenth has to be a part of that. Like liberation, freedom, joy, all that stuff that we're trying to foster in her is embodied in this holiday. Um, and so, like I said, it's in my cart, um, but there are like there are over seventy five recipes in here. So let's say it's your first time, which hi me, mm-hmm. Whitney's first time celebrating. What are five or so recipes, drinks, desserts um, that you think are essential for Juneteenth? So I'm going to answer this in two parts because what you just said. I mean, and that is first. Like there are over seventy five recipes, and mm-hmm. first for young or for moms like myself I have a three and a half year old um and so what you just said resonated with me so much and um yeah it's super important it was super important for me to craft a cookbook for you know 
Black Americans and all Americans that really shows my Juneteenth celebration. But also, too, the other goal for me is for my son to be able mm-hmm. to have um, this cookbook, which is, I think, it really looks into this moment, right? So he mm-hmm. can open up this cookbook and literally see himself in one of the photos and mm. um, some of the recipes that I think are super kid-friendly, which I want to kind of talk about a little bit, um, mm-hmm. the corn dogs in the festivals and fairs chapter, I have um, a regular classic American corn dog, but I also mm-hmm. have a, a baby zucchini corn dog and Ooh. the turnip corn balls. Um, and they're so fun. Kids love them. They love to the help dip them and see them being fried and it's just a really fun thing to bring kids around the table and speaking Mm -hmm. of another thing on a stick um i have some raspberry yogurt pops um one of the dessert chapters that i have so there are so many kid-friendly recipes in this book on purpose um that that tie back to summertime that ties back to um juneteenth that ties back to uh, fruits and vegetables of, of summer. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, and to answer your very specific question about um, first-timers, yeah, this cookbook is 100% for people who are celebrating Juneteenth for the first time and for people who have celebrated it all their lives and they're celebrating it, you know, this, their third or fourth generation in mm. celebrating Juneteenth. They can open up this book and they'll see that each chapter is broken down by what I consider essentials of Juneteenth. Um, you have the red drink chapter, which is an essential of Juneteenth. You have cook, mm-hmm. cookout, the barbecue chapter, the cookout and the barbecue chapter, which mm-hmm. there's no Juneteenth celebration without, without you know, seeing that smoke and seeing the barbecue Okay. Grill. Okay, <laughs> and then I have a, a, a salad called potato green and fruit salad, which, um, <laughs> you know, it opens with a funny story saying, you know, the potato salad is the most revered mm-hmm. salad or most revered side dish of the cookout and two dessert yes. chapters. Um, and then there are other chapters as well, but definitely uh, I feel like those are the essential ones. And so five, five things I think. Um, yeah. For first time, or you have to have something for the cookout and barbecue. I would say the victory chicken burgers um, are a must. Who doesn't love a burger? Okay. Um, and particularly, I created a chicken burger because I'm always trying to please my friends who show up and they're like, I don't eat meat. I'm not eating red meat. Yeah. Or, uh, and so I'm like, boom. I got a chicken burger. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I would say definitely this is your first time. The chicken burger is great. And what makes it so great is that um, my chicken salt, which is in one of the other chapters, which is titled Spice Blends, Hot Sauces and Pickled Things, where um, I give you recipes on making your own seasoning. But I also talk. Oh, wow. I also talk in the beginning of the book about um, what it means to have your own blends for your family um, Mm -hmm. and how many black families have passed those down. And Mm -hmm. 
fine. You don't want to make these blends or hot sauces or other pickled things. Here are a list of black-owned businesses. Um, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, here are a list of black-owned. They're um, indigenous and other PLC food businesses, uh, food products, I would say, that um, you can switch out if you don't want to make them. So, um, yeah, I would say make the chicken chicken burgers and the chicken salt. Uh, you have to have a red drink, no mm-hmm. party, no black celebration, period, including Juneteenth. Um, <laughs> hasn't really gotten started unless you have a communal drink. And uh, a communal red drink is, is the thing for Juneteenth. Mm-hmm. So you need to have that. Uh, I would say it's always good to go with the watermelon ginger beer or the strawberry lemonade because there may be some people who aren't drinking, so you can make a big batch and spike it, or you can choose not to and let people add their own whatever. You can do sparkling wine if you like. Um, mm. The Black Girl Magic Sparkling Brute. People love Black Girl Ooh. Magic brand. Um, I like their brute. Their sparkling brute, I think, is nice. I mentioned them in the um, Black-owned section, but it's great. You have a few bottles and you can, you know, pour it over in your, in any one of your red drinks. Um, they're mm-hmm. like the new, I, I, I consider their wine, the new, um, uh, how can, what a Tesla or the BMW uh, or the Maybach. Everyone like wants to every, have black mm-hmm. girl magic, a bottle on their, um, shelf, even if you drink it or if you don't, it, it's mm-hmm. the new status symbol. So, I'll give you, that's two. You asked for five. You have to have a dessert. Um, yes. Ice cream, so classic. I interviewed someone from Oklahoma who celebrated Juneteenth, and she talked a lot about how her grandfather used to make ice cream on Juneteenth. And, mm-hmm. you know, they would churn it, and they would wait for it to cool. So I suggest making a honey vanilla ice cream. I have a Ooh. recipe for that. Or the corn ice cream sandwiches, which is uh, corn ice cream uh, nestled between two corn cookies. So you you should totally do that. Um, And cake, you know, why not have a cake? Why Why not not make the radish ginger pound cake? I know you're like, what? Radish ginger pound cake? No, no, no. I'm down for it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it is so inspired by the classic uh, church lady buttery mm-hmm. pound cake, and it is um, definitely has that texture. But I decided to 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 spin it. I like so many recipes in this book. Um, I put a, a twist on it, and that mm-hmm. is, you know, I added ginger, which is. <clears throat> I don't know a lot of people know ginger is a very classic ingredient found in a lot of black black American uh, desserts, particularly mm-hmm. when you look in old um, plantation cookery cookbooks. Mm. And radish, I was trying to figure out a way to incorporate, you know, what people see in the summertime when they go to farm stands or they go to the market. So there you have it, grated radish. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, um, you know, in so many of these recipes, people look at them and they're like, okay, this is different. Yes, things are different, but they're rooted in the African-American table. 
Um, you see sweet potatoes, which is so classic. Mm-hmm. You see corn, which is so classic. You see collard greens in this book, but obviously you don't see, and I know I keep using the word obviously, but you don't see collard greens in the way that you may see them in wintertime, which is, mm-hmm. you know, stewed down with mm-hmm. some seasoning meat or, you know, mm-hmm. some other type of um, seasoning that gives you the smoky, meaty flavor. Um, Mm -hmm. I opted not to have classic African-American staples in this book, but you see them in other forms. So the final dish would be the plum and super green pesto salad. And the super green is essentially collard or kale, or chard, all of those leafy greens that your grandmama or your great aunt would put in a pot at Thanksgiving or Christmas or another black celebration. I take those greens and make a very bright and beautiful pesto. And that pesto can be so many things and be on so many things, but I opted to to put it in a plum salad with an African grain, that you can switch out to couscous very easily. Um, Yeah, do that for the first time. (laughs) I mean, of course you can have people bring other things. You know, if you have people on your list and you know they are the go-to person for the potato salad, ask them to bring the potato salad, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I would say one of the things for first-timers to remember is that it is about – um, honoring family traditions and, int- and and introducing new ones, introducing new mm-hmm. ones that are rooted um, in your own family or yourself or rooted in, you know, blackness, modern blackness or futuristic mm-hmm. black- blackness. So that's, yeah, that's, that's what I would tell you or any of my friends that are, that are cracking this book open for the first time or celebrating Juneteenth for the first time. Beautiful, beautiful, absolutely beautiful. My goodness, you've given me so, this. This conversation is so rich. Like <laughs> this is just this is so good um, because it's not just food. It's not just food. It's not just you know, you know, a, a random kickback. <clears throat> even though those are valuable as well, this this is all. It's all coming out of a tradition. There is a purpose. There is a reason. There is an intentionality behind all of this. And I love that you're taking the classics and and modernizing them and putting a spin on them while still honoring the traditions of our people. Um, Yeah. I mean, you know, someone said to me like June 19th, 1865. Yeah. It could be a kickback, but let's just pause for a second and think about it. Like Mm -hmm. two years after Abraham Lincoln signed the emancipation proclamation, Mm -hmm. 250,000 enslaved Texans, black Texans found out they were free. That is a very Mm -hmm. serious thing. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. it deserves um, a grounding, you know, a very specific grounding. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, it has to be intentional. We're talking about people whose lives were transformed. And at that moment, one of the first things they tried to do was go try to find their families. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Union Station Park in Houston, Texas, 
was the spot that newly freed black Texans went there literally standing up to say, okay, is Cousin Mary here? We're finally going to be reunited. So, yeah, there there needs to – there has to be and there must be uh, um, a grounding, a reverence set, and not just, hey, where's Red Drink? Let's party. I'm cool with that. But I'm cool with that, and we know that that will will happen, especially when it gets towards the end of the of the night. But okay, <laughs> we gotta we we have to um, center that story, that very Texas story. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. I love it. I got one more question for you, and I'm gonna let you go. I promise. Um, <laughs> I, I'm really enjoying this conversation. Um, so this is a doggy bag question. Um, what are specific takeaways you want folks, whether they've celebrated for three generations or whether they're new coming to the table for the first time, specific takeaways you want them to walk away from this book and perhaps this holiday with? Well, I think what I want people to see, because what I'm seeing uh, is a lot of cutting off of of Juneteenth. They just say it's, it's when Black people found out they were free. And I want people mm-hmm. to, to full throat say June 19th, 1865 is the day that enslaved Texans. Um, mm-hmm. So I want people to acknowledge fully that this is a holiday that's rooted um, in Texas. And mm-hmm. the part two to that is that there are so many different Freedom Day and Emancipation Day celebrations all over the American South because enslaved people found out at different times. Mm-hmm. So when you go online, you see uh, an emancipation photo from Richmond, Virginia, mm-hmm. and that's because that's when enslaved people in Richmond found out. So that's one takeaway is for people not to just cut off and say it was the day that, you know, enslaved people in America found out they were free. That is incorrect. Mm-hmm. And, um, the abolishment of slavery happened with the the 13th amendment. And so I I just want people to just get really clear about those facts. Number two, the takeaway is that, you know, for non-black Americans or non-black people who are trying to figure out what to do on Juneteenth, that, um, because I've been getting that question a lot and they're like, what should I do? And I think you should do two things. There should be a moment of action for you on that day. And, Mm -hmm. Here are some examples of the moment of action is first, you know, to crack open this cookbook and make food. Anyone Uh can make food, right? Make food, but also, you know, take it as a time to have a conversation with your family about Juneteenth um, and more specifically about um, America and the promise of freedom and what that means Uh for you and what that has meant for many black Americans. Um, so I want people to take that away from the book is that this holiday is a time to gather with family and friends um, and to really talk about Juneteenth um, in a real substantial way. And thirdly, um, I want people to really just realize that Black struggle, black sorrow, black pain, um, through all of that, through all of those things, there's always black joy. 
And there's mm-hmm. always celebration and that no matter what, you know, for generations, black people continue to thrive and survive. And we always gather around the table and that there's more than one way to do it. And this is just one way to celebrate Juneteenth. This is one way to put Juneteenth food on your table, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but just just a reminder, I want people to walk away with a reminder that um, black joy is real and it's substantial and, and, and you can see it, you can feel it. And it's okay um, to be joyful in, in these very kind of dark times. So, like, mm-hmm. the last two years have been crazy and it's okay to pause. I love that. It's okay to be joyful and it's okay to pause. Wasn't that just a rich and dynamic conversation? Like such a good conversation. Um, Thanks again to Nicole A. Taylor for chatting it up with me, for talking with me, for Shonda Land and for this episode. Um, She's going to be our black business of the week. So if you guys want to support Go ahead and head out and get Watermelon and Redbirds, uh, a phenomenal read. Like, I am a mid-level lazy cook at best, and this book makes me want to cook a lot of things. And so I hope that you guys are inspired as much as I was inspired. So, yeah, that's that on that. Um, and that is this week's episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for your likes, your shares, your your subscribes. I'm, I promise you I could say words. Um, please do not forget to leave a review on this show, drop five stars and let the folks, if you can, cause I know some places they won't let you type in a review, but if you can, if you're able to drop some words and let some folks know like, Hey, this is, this show is, is it like, this is what you need to be listening to. Um, don't forget that you could join the dopest group of patrons around. You're looking for ways to support the podcast. This is one way you can support the podcast outside of liking and sharing and, reviewing which i appreciate all of those another way you can support is on patreon my patreon is p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash whitney elise there is a ton of exclusive content i feel like i'm dropping something pretty regularly now um still uh because we're traveling it's a little harder to do the reclaimed side note but i'm going to get a reclaimed side note up shortly Um, i have a very interesting topic that i want to talk about and i'm really glad because that I could focus on Juneteenth because this particular topic has nothing to do with Juneteenth. If you want to know what that is, you got to head on over to Patreon and there's multiple tiers. Don't you worry. Um, you won't be priced out. Um, and there's no shame around here. Um, but if you know you, if you're unable to support on Patreon, I totally understand. That's why the liking, the sharing, the subscribing, the, the reviewing is also like so deeply appreciated. Like, I just love you guys for being community and making community with me. I appreciate you guys. So however you choose to be community, I appreciate y'all. Um, and that's this week's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you really got a lot from it. Um, and yeah, I'll see you on the interwebs. Peace, y'all.